Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people. Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the uh, Survivor Podcast. Uh, Today's guest is Jamie Christine. She was planning an at-home birth for her first child, but she had an overwhelming fear of hospitals, and she had a deep desire to give birth naturally. Unfortunately, life often pokes holes in the best-made plans. Her son got stuck while Jamie was in labor, and she was sent to the hospital anyway. Jamie found herself shutting down emotionally and mentally, and everything she did not want to happen started happening. She completely shut down emotionally and found herself completely disconnected during the C-section. And things only got worse from there for a little while. And Jamie, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Amanda. Absolutely. This is quite the story that you've been through. I I always send out a little questionnaire. And when you answered these questions, I was looking at the answers and going, holy crap, the things that this woman has been through. (laughs) (laughs) It was an adventure. That's for sure. And I, it was, it's funny, uh, just before I hopped on this call, um, I was kind of browsing through Facebook and someone had, somebody had just shared a meme um, about birth trauma And it showed a picture of this woman sitting in an armchair saying, yeah, it was a traumatic birth and I'm still having flashbacks and it's really bad. And, and there's this group of people holding the baby saying, oh, but at least the baby's healthy. And, oh, look at those cheeks. And I'm like, oh gosh, I was that, I was that lady. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't know that I was too. Um, I had an emergency hysterectomy after my son was born. They induced labor and he was born in five and a half hours. Gosh. And I bled to death during this surgery. And afterward, I wasn't allowed to hold my son for the first five months of his life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm familiar with birthing trauma. It's it's very (laughs) common. It's way more common than people realize, I've found. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So before we start getting into the whole story, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? What was your family life like? Yeah, so I grew up in a little bitty town in Southern Illinois. Um, Whenever I tell people I'm from Illinois, I have to explain that it's closer to St. Louis, Missouri than it is Chicago, (laughs) because a lot of people think Chicago, a little bitty rural town. Um, Yeah, I mean, I feel like I had a fairly normal family life. I was always kind of that oddball, quirky, march to my own drum kid, which is very hard to fit in in a small town when everybody's kind of like you know they think alike and they act alike and they do all the same things so I always kind of felt like a social misfit growing up but it's worked great for my to my advantage now as an adult um, because I'm still marching to my own drum I am a I'm divorced I'm a mom of two boys 
Um, my second son was actually born at home successfully in the bathtub like I wanted. So <laughs> kind of turned that adventure around. I also found out there is no pleasant way to get a child out of your body. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> oh, I know. Uh, but I currently own a wellness center and I'm a massage therapist, life coach, hypnotherapist, and author. Very cool. Nice. Yeah. So I touched on it a little bit about your, you had this innate fear of hospitals uh, and that's why you wanted to give birth at home. Yeah. Um, do you know where that fear came from, where that started? Gosh, I don't know. Um, as a hypnotherapist, I actually have delved into past life regression. So there are theories that we carry over um, fears from issues that have happened in past lives. So maybe I had a traumatic experience with hospitals in a past life that carried over into this one. Um, I was also raised pretty holistically. Uh, my mom is was always big into healing naturally before healing pharmaceutically. Uh, so I was kind of raised in that mindset where it's like, let's see what nature has to offer before we go and see what the Western medicine field has to offer. So, but I don't know that that really instilled a fear in me. It just, yeah, I just didn't want anything to do with the medical world and I didn't want anything to do with hospitals <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a big fan of them myself <laughs> I don't think many people are <laughs> so tell us about your birthing trauma and everything that transpired and all of everything that just happened with all of it <laughs> Gosh, where to start? Um, so, I mean, I will start with the fact that, yeah, I was terrified of hospitals. Um, I wasn't even really ready to get pregnant. Like that was just kind of a whole big thing that happened. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, I have to accept the fact that there's a human growing in me and I have to get it out. And I don't like my options. So uh, I found out that a home birth was actually an option. I could hire a midwife. I could blow up an inflatable pool in my living room and I could birth this baby at home. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect for me. This is the route I'm going to do. I did all kinds of research and got with a midwife. And uh, I, I mean, I did all the things and everything was going great. I was in labor. The midwife came over. She was listening to his heartbeat and she had this look on her face like, I don't like the sound of that. And I didn't know what was going on. She said he, his heart rate is dropping after every contraction. That's not a good sign. She's like, I think you need to go to the nearest hospital. And I was like, I just was in complete denial when that happened. So we did what she said. And I'm thinking, okay, we're going to go. We're going to get everything straightened out. And we're going to go back home and we're going to try this again. It doesn't really work that way though. <laughs> so off to the hospital we went. And here I am still mentally in denial that I'm even there. And they get me in and they hook me up to all the monitors. And yes, his heart rate is still doing that, still dropping. Um, they were actually pretty accommodating, like respectful of the fact that I wanted to have the baby at home. So they were trying to do everything that they could. And I do have to give them credit for that. But I was just kind of emotionally shut down at that point. Like I was just in denial that I was even there. And then uh, one thing led to another. Uh, they pulled in. And I mean, it just was like everything I didn't want happened. Like I did not want a male doctor. I just, I have issues with men in that field for some reason. I, I mean, I guess for obvious reasons, it's like, I want a woman who understands what my body's doing, who understands what I'm going through and who can sympathize with me. So in comes this man. And I'm like, I don't want a man. I don't know touching me. I got to deal with that. <laughs> and then it's like one thing led to another. And he's like, you know, he doesn't like what he's seeing either. Um, did the, uh, 
internal heart rate or internal monitor where they had to screw it into my kid's head. I could feel him jump when that happened. So that was like the beginning of these like little traumatizing things happening leading up to the whole event. And then, you know, there was talk of like, we're going to try Pitocin. And I'm like, no, Pitocin's a bad thing. I've heard nothing but bad things about that. It's going to disrupt natural labor and then talk of possible C-section and well, yeah, it just, it just kept escalating from there. And it's like the epidural was something I absolutely did not want. That was the initial like peak of the trauma because at that point it's like, okay, I, I have surrendered to all the things I didn't want and I, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. And I just mentally and emotionally shut down. So when I was on that operating table, I was like, F everything. And I just laid there. I let it happen. And I was just not... it's like I was just completely checked out. Uh, They placed my baby in my arms and I had this moment of like awareness that, oh my gosh, there's a baby and he's crying and he's cute and okay. And then they took him away for checking him up and I just shut back down again. And then I was just like, I don't really have a whole lot of memories after that. I do remember like the newborn photographer coming in and I was having trouble with getting the latch for breastfeeding. And when she was there, like she was wanting to take his picture and I was just sleep deprived. I was hurting. I was like, just still checked out. And I remember like getting really mad. Like, I don't even want her here. I don't want these pictures. Like, don't be taking pictures. Get out of this room. (laughs) (laughs) And then I remember like, I finally had this moment of like breaking down in the shower where I just like cried. Um, the, the surgeon came in, he was actually worried about me. Um, and that was something too, that I wasn't really mentally processing in the moment. It was something I thought about later, like, you know, for not wanting a man to deal with this situation, I actually kind of got a decent one. Like he was worried about my mental well being, And he brought in the chaplain who was actually a Reiki practitioner. And that's another thing I didn't appreciate in the moment that I appreciate later. Like, wow, like they were really trying to help me, but I was just shutting everybody down. I was like, F Reiki. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. I used to believe in all this energy, energy work stuff. And now it's like, this is all just a bunch of crap. My entire life was a lie. The universe is a sadistic, mean, evil thing that just destroyed me. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, that's kind of the mental state I was in. And then uh, after that, you know, to add salt to the wound, my son was colicky. So I'm home now. And he's screaming day in and day out, like blood curdling screaming. I couldn't figure out what his problem was and I'm not getting any sleep. And my body just went through a horrible major surgery as well as trauma. And it's like, I think it was like two weeks after the matter where like this awareness just crashed into me. Like, oh my God, something bad just happened. And I don't know where I am anymore. And I don't know who I am anymore. And I don't know what to do. And I would be honest, like suicidal thoughts started creeping in. Like there was no point in being here. I'm a horrible mother. I'm a basket case. I'm a mess. I don't want to deal with this pain anymore. I think it's probably best if I just check out. And they're really the only thing that kept me from doing that was I don't want to leave my child without a mother. So I guess I'll stay. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I be a better mother for this child? Cause I'm not doing so good right now. And uh, I joined a support group for birth trauma uh, it's called International Cesarean Awareness Network, ICANN. Um, I'm pretty sure they still meet uh, in various places for, yeah, to, <laughs> mothers need this. Like, it was a really great support group. I found out I was not alone. Um, and they led me to, appointed me in the direction of different counselors who specialize in postpartum depression as well as PTSD. 
Uh, that's where I was diagnosed with PTSD was through counselor that they recommended to me. And this woman, I don't know if it was reverse psychology or what it was, but um, I told her, like, I, I told her I was having flashbacks. I was starting to have intrusive visions where I couldn't cut vegetables on a cutting board without seeing the knife going through my kid's head. Like stuff like that would start creeping into my head. And I thought I was losing my mind. And <laughs> I finally like admitted that to her. And thank God it was because a friend of mine had intrusive visions too from her own birth trauma and was willing to tell me about it. And that's when I finally was like, okay, so if I admit this stuff, they're not going to stick me in a home. Right. And she's like, no, this stuff is very real. You need to get help. And the only way to do that is to talk about it. So I did. And here's, and that's what I'm doing too for anybody that's listening right now. If you're seeing things like that, you're not going to get locked up in a home. You can get help. <laughs> it's okay. It's going to be okay. And thank mm-hmm. God she said that. Thank God I went and talked about it. And that's when, uh, that, that is when I was diagnosed with PTSD. And she, my counselor said, I think you're too far gone that maybe we should look into something like Zoloft. And I was like, the medical oh. field is what got me into this mess in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was mad. And she's like, well going to take a lot of work to get yourself turned around but you're probably going to have to clean up your diet and you're going to have to exercise and there's some herbal remedies you can probably try I'm like I'll do it I'll do what I got to do and I did I took the bull by the horns and I started cleaning up my diet I eliminated processed foods I started exercising I taught myself how to run oh wow <laughs> and I really started turning things around and I found a more spiritual minded um counselor who who respected where I was on my journey and kind of walked me through the steps towards making peace with what happened and realizing later on that the strength that I cultivated in the healing process afterwards and the effort I put into into trying to make this situation better and make me better grew a strength within me that I didn't know that I had and I would have never found it had this never happened. And it was through that counseling experience that I learned everything happens for a reason, but only if you go and seek that reason. Wow. Well, that's my story. Kind of in a bigger nutshell. (laughs) That is powerful. So how do you feel that it's, it's impacting you today? Cause I mean, this is, this is the kind of stuff you don't just get up and move away from. Do you still have uh, flashbacks and some trauma stuff creeping up on you once in a while? Honestly, yeah, there are flashbacks occasionally, um, not as severe and not debilitating, like they don't interrupt my life. Um, I have had, uh, I've, I've done a few more trauma release therapies throughout the years, because uh, this was about, this was 11 years ago. Um, and yeah, there were, there was occasional times where I had an opportunity to work with counselors um, to do some trauma release. And so little by little, it's like chipping away at more and more things. But I do, I can't honestly say the brunt of it is healed, but absolutely. I still have flashbacks. There's still, there's still things that creep into my mind that kind of like, uh, just kind of shut me down for a minute. And then it's like, wait, no, I, I learned tools through my counseling that I can apply right now and pull myself out of it and keep moving forward. Very cool. <clears throat> How do you celebrate your wins in life when you are able to control something like that or when you do have the ability to help somebody else to get through something scary? Uh, I don't know if I so much celebrate as I do. I'm very big on gratitude. Like I really like to spend time just taking, taking time for gratitude, like honoring the fact that I've come as far as I am 
and that my life is what it, it, what it is and that I appreciate what it is now. And that's something, something really to be grateful for, to be able to say that, to be able to love life, to be able to embrace it and to be able to look back on trauma and say, I'm actually glad that I learned what I learned from that. I'm like, not really glad that it happened, but I appreciate that it happened because it made me who I am today. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I go through a lot of that too, with my own past and all that stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I fight back against constantly is like, well, you know, it made you stronger. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. (laughs) I was already strong. I just had to find the strength to get back to who I was. I will never allow abuse or trauma to have the credit of turning me into who I am. I am who I am in spite of it. Not because I love that. I love that. I've seen, I've seen different perspectives shared similar to that, where it's like, no, it's not the trauma that made me stronger. The trauma actually destroyed me. It was what I had in me to grow from the trauma that made me stronger. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. You answered this question really kind of interestingly, and I want to get into that one. Um, who inspires you the most and why? Hmm. Who inspires me the most and why? Was that on the questionnaire that you sent me? It was. It was a hypnotherapist, if you remember correctly. I do. Yes. I'm like, okay, there's so many different people who have inspired me. So I wanted to remember <laughs> like the specific one. <laughs> um, yes. Um, was it Dolores Cannon? Yes. Yes. I figured that's what I must have written because, yeah, she <laughs> does endlessly inspire me. <laughs> but she doesn't work with um, with like the birth trauma industry. So shifting gears from having talked about that. Um, yeah, she has been an incredible inspiration to me. Mostly, and, and honestly, she kind of like drove me into getting into hypnotherapy myself. Um, more so in like the past life regression aspect and uncovering what what kind of lies within us, within our psyches, within our souls. And as a hypnotherapist myself, I've actually kind of had some really cool experiences come up where some profound healing takes place in ways that you don't expect it to. And that's what has inspired me so much about Dolores is that she was always very open-minded and was very open to allowing her client to guide the session themselves. And she just followed and followed along, prompting it forward through asking questions that her client could answer themselves to continue to move it forward in the direction that was right for them. And I use that as inspiration in my work. And I have had opportunities where other clients who have been through their own traumas are able to face them on the table in a very unique way because they're under hypnosis, which is a state of mind that you really are able to pull yourself out of that visceral response that you have to trauma and be able to see it objectively. And that really kind of opens the door for deeper healing uh, when you're able to confront it in that way. And being able to guide a person through the session it started out as past life regression, just out of curiosity, like, oh, who was I in the 1800s or whatever? And it ended up turning into that doesn't matter whether you believe in reincarnation or not, or whether you lived in the 1800s or not. What matters is what's going to come up. And some very interesting things came up that correlated to uh, my clients' different various traumas or past experiences that they needed to heal from. And some intense healing has ended up coming out of those sessions based on how the session kind of guided forward. Well, I was really interested in that particular answer because I, my mother 
uh, was convinced that 90% of everything that I was saying when I was a kid growing up about abuse was all lies. So she mm. took me to a hypnotherapist because she wanted the hypnotherapist to try to get me to constantly tell the truth forever mm. and nothing else. And I think that kind of bit her in the butt <laughs> because now I talk very openly about everything that I went through going back to as far back as I can remember, which is when I was four is when I have the clearest, you know, full story memories. Mm -hmm. And I think that I honestly, I mean, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I don't so much believe in past lives or anything like that, but I do believe the hidden things within us that's, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of religion or philosophy you subscribe to. Mm -hmm. it, it can have a huge profound impact on our lives just to, just to go through even one or two sessions. Yes. It's amazing. It really is. I'm so glad you had a positive experience from that. And I'm glad it bit her in the butt. Like <laughs> the, the work that you have done and the, you know, what I've learned about you is so inspiring and kudos <laughs> to you for using your voice. I think that's huge. Like more people need to hear people's voices from what we've all been through to give them the courage to speak up as well. I, you know, and, and it's people like you who give me the courage to keep going. When uh -huh. I first started out on this journey, it was, this is trauma. And I was um, basically trauma dumping everywhere mm -hmm. I went. This is what I went through and this is awful. And don't ever let this happen to you or anybody else. I was scaring people. <laughs> yeah, I went there. I was there too. <laughs> I definitely did that myself. I think that's part of the healing process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a stage. And it's, it's part of learning how to talk about it too. Yes. You know, and there's, there's a lot of people that are going through life without ever being comfortable with talking about their past and that's okay. Everybody processes things differently. Everybody heals in a different way. And if they're not willing to talk about it in front of the whole world or on a podcast or on a stage and be a motivational speaker, that's, that's okay. They're living their life. They're doing what they need to do to live their life. Absolutely. As long as they find themselves healed in, in a functional, healthy place in life, they've done the work. They don't have to follow our paths yes. to do what we've done. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you inspire me. Oh, well, thank you. I can say the same about you. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing that you wish you could tell someone who's going through what you went through back then? Oh, uh, just keep pushing forward in baby steps too. Like you're not going to make leaps and bounds and turn around tomorrow. And all of a sudden it's going to be sunshine and rainbows. It takes a lot of work, but just keep pressing forward and just biting off a little bit at a time, taking those little baby steps and being open to whatever crosses your path, I think is really important too. Um, I didn't find that counselor that finally helped me make my breakthroughs. Like I, I wasn't looking for her. You know, I had that experience with that first counselor who wanted to put me on drugs and I kind of gave up and I knew I was still suffering and I knew I was still struggling and I happened to be at my, my kiddo's pediatrician appointment. And there was some uh, advertisement, business cards, brochures sitting on the windowsill. And one of the counselors caught my attention. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to give her a call. I'm going to give this a shot. And it just so happened to be the breakthrough that I needed. And so I keep that in mind. And I remind people that too, like you don't know who you're going to meet on your path. You don't know what's going to come across your path, but just be open be open to the possibilities, be open to taking that next step. 
you never know who's going to come in and be able to help you and provide you with that breakthrough that you're looking for. And there's always possibilities and there's always opportunities to become a person you never dreamed possible. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you in a moment, if you wouldn't mind reading a passage from your book for our listeners. Um, but what is the name of your book and how does it relate to your experiences? Well, um, I have two books and it's kind of funny. Um, the first one is called The Transcendent and it is a fiction story about a young girl who um, she has an ability to cross people over to the other side if they're dying alone. And this ability is involuntary. She gets sucked out of her body when she's unprepared, least expecting it. And she is present at the moment of a person's death and gets to cross them over and basically kind of be that comfort and guide for them as they're transitioning into the next journey on their soul or of their soul. Um, that was inspired by my grandma's death. Um, we were all at her bedside for it. We all knew it was coming. And when she passed, like after she passed, I got to thinking like, what happens to the people who don't have their family and loved ones at their bedside when they die? And so that character sprung into my imagination and uh the story ended up developing where she gets connected to somebody who had a tragedy happen and she's kind of involved in that trauma and this character basically goes through what I went through just had the rug completely pulled out from under them uh everything that they had planned for their life everything that they expected out of the universe was just completely stripped from them and they had to completely start over their entire life to to figure out how to make things work how to heal and how to make a really negative thing into a positive so I shared my story through that character and through both of their journeys and then wow. my second book is called Transcend Your Story, and it is actually a nonfiction, and it is a guide to uh, writing a similar story, basically taking your trauma and transforming it into a work of fiction, because uh, I found writing The Transcendent was very cathartic for me. Like, I was able to really, like, look back at some of the emotional pain that I had without having to revisit the physical aspect of what I went through and process it in a different way. And then tell a story in a way that hopefully my readers can look at it and relate to the characters and apply it to their own life and say, wow, maybe I can look at my own trauma the same way and find something positive out of it. Maybe I can see that it happened for a reason. Yeah, and I, I, I subscribe to that too. I mean, I believe that there's a reason that I'm still alive. Mm. And there's a reason that I was given this ability to always tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> And if something is going to exist in my life, I can either let it control me and let it rule my world and leave me feeling depressed all the time, or I can decide that it has a positive place to live too mm-hmm. and fight back. And I'm actually in a fight right now. Um, I had a radio station try to um, ask me for nude photographs just last night. Oh, no. Yeah. And so what? I'm blasting them all over the city i'm not gonna yeah. sit here and allow somebody to try to uh victimize me oh ever gosh. again no so, i mean it's this weird thing where at one point people were allowed to abuse me because i allowed it in my life they this this negativity this awful stuff in my past just existed to be negative awful stuff in my past 
Now I'm using it to help others in whatever way I possibly can. And if that's what it takes for me to be able to figure out how to live with it, then so be it. Yeah, that's brilliant. Good for you. And that's really, <laughs> really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have a part of your book that you'd like to read for us? I just flip it, flipped open and transcend your story. And I chose transcend your story because I am actually in the process of re-releasing the transcendent. Um, that book, I was such a rookie. I was a newbie. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't hire an editor. I had so many mistakes in it. I went the most self-publishing of self-publishing routes you can possibly go. So it was kind of a flop, <laughs> which at the same time kind of gave it the opportunity to be just revamped and given a facelift. So it is currently in the process of getting its face now. And I hope to have it re-released in all its glory at the beginning of next year. But it's still the same beautiful story that I'm very proud of. And Transcend Your Story, my nonfiction guide, um, still applies to the transcendent. It's just going to be it can have to wait. So I do have um, I do have a little bit from Transcend Your Story that I'd be happy to share. Awesome. We are yeah. ready when you are. All right. So while I wanted to normalize the process of trauma, I also wanted to shine a light on the fact that these things happen for us, not to us. I wanted to show that my character's pain brought him purpose. Sure, all his dreams from his life before the trauma were ripped away from him, but it was only to clear the way for him to rise up to the inspiring powerhouse that he was meant to become all along. Allow yourself to be vulnerable on paper. Vent about what makes you angry. Vent about what hurts the most. Your characters are going to have to go through all of these emotions too. So the more you understand your own, the easier it'll be to bring your characters to life. You've been on a journey. Every detail of that journey is valid and important, no matter how ugly or painful it may feel. I encourage you to share the darkest, ugliest parts because if it hadn't been for the people in my life who allowed themselves to be vulnerable with me when they shared the ugly, dark parts of their stories, I would have continued to bottle up my pain and never get the help that I needed. If you want your readers to truly heal and grow through their life experiences and pain, it's important to let them know that they're not alone in their suffering and there's nothing wrong with them for feeling the pain and darkness they may be feeling. Validation helps facilitate breakthroughs. And being validated that you're okay, you're not alone, you're safe, helps you realize that you're not broken. You can get through this and rise above this. And when you begin to rise, you'll, realize, you'll begin to realize you're meant for far greater things in life than you ever knew were possible. Then you can truly see how this tragedy happened to help wake you up to the greater purpose, to those greater things that you're meant for. Oh, it's fantastic. Thank you. Where can people find your book? Uh, I am on Amazon. Um, so it's Jamie Christine, J-A-M-I is how I spell my name. And the story is Transcend Your Story, a guide to transforming your healing journey into an inspirational novel. Awesome. And you're also on Facebook and Instagram under author Jamie Christine. Yes. And on TikTok under Jamie Christine 11. And you've got mm -hmm. your own website, jamiechristine.com. Yes. Um, all that stuff. I'm going to make sure that I put that in the, all the links and stuff in the description of the podcast so that people are uh, listening to it. If they want to go down into the description of the podcast, I can click on any of these links. 
um, to check out what you're doing and to follow along to see when your, uh, your other book is re-released. Yes. I, and you can sign up for my mailing list on my website. So that would be the best way to stay in contact and keep up to date on when uh, The Transcendent will be re-released as well as any future books after that one. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so there's always one last question that I love to ask people before I let them go. Um, and it's all about you. So hmm. what is one thing you love about yourself that is not based on your physical appearance? Uh, I love my optimism. It has gotten me through so many sticky situations, I should say. And I'm very grateful for my perspective and that I can always find a silver lining and I can always see, basically find a light at the end of the tunnel. I had a stroke back in 2019 um, which was, I mean, my son was born in 2011. So however many years after that and that stroke, as I was heading to the hospital, I just remembered what I went through with my son. And I said, you know what, that tragedy happened for a positive reason. And I love who I am today because of it. This is going to be no different. I don't know why this is happening. I don't know what's happening and I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I know it's going to make me a greater person. So I'm just going to roll with it. And I'm fine. I'm, I weathered through it. I had a positive experience, great hospital staff, and I came out on the other end unscathed. And I apply that same attitude to everything that I do in life. And I trust that everything is going to be okay, no matter what. That's awesome. <laughs> You're such a cool person. <laughs> Aw, thanks, Amanda. <laughs> you are too. <laughs> Well, that's about it for the podcast episode, but I want to thank you so much for coming on with me today. I really appreciate it. Um, and as soon as your next book is ready to drop again, mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> let me know and I will uh, share it on my pod podcast, on my blog, on all this stuff. Just send some people out your way because what you're doing is important and I think a lot of people need to um, have that in their life. Thank you so much. I would love that. I will definitely keep you posted. And like I said, everybody just sign up for my newsletter and you can stay posted too. follow me on all the socials. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love your mission. I love what you stand for. And I'm so grateful that the universe brought us together. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> and, and my, in my uh, terminology, God has worked in mysterious ways. Absolutely. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Right. Bye. Welcome back to season three of my podcast. I am Amanda Blackwood, the survivor. As many of you know, I wrote my autobiography as a survivor of human trafficking called Custom Justice. For those of you who didn't know, now you do. Keeping in line with that, this entire season is going to be focused on interviewing other trauma survivors who did or plan to write about their own experiences as trauma survivors and how they overcame their past. Get ready to hear from some truly incredible people.